Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Steven, alongside here with Brandon. This is the first ever Spotlight episode where we take uh, either an artist or entrepreneur or someone who's just looking for a way to get themselves out there. And we've actually got a super special guest here today because Sean is one of my longest tenured friends. We've been friends since we were nine years old. I have tenure. Yeah, we got some tenure. We <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of tenure on the Academy of Steven, I guess. <laughs> um, we met playing baseball, which is nine years old. We were on the Rockies together, mm-hmm. specifically. And we've stayed friends ever since then. And we've gone to different parts of the country living over that time. And we've always somehow find a way to keep this friendship going strong. So... In Chicago here, Sean is recently started a podcast, which we're going to talk about that today. We're going to give you some background on Sean in general, and the Spotlight episode is all about the Sean focus. So you're not going to hear as much of me and Brandon being goofy. Of course, you'll hear a little bit of that still. Even though Steven's still talking. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm still talking. Ultimately, you won't hear as much much from us, and it'll be... This is like the Sean episode. So hopefully really. it's a bit of a relief. Oh, it'll, yeah. be, a, it'll be a big relief for everyone. So here. much pressure. <laughs> you want to talk about your podcast just to start off, the name of it, and sure. where I can find it? Yeah. So right now, uh, my business partner and I just started a podcast called iCode Hire Me. And it's a podcast where we're interviewing uh, people that have are changing careers into software development. So they are doing something like... Um, like being a banker and then they decide that they want to change careers they learn to code and then um become a software developer so pretty inspiring stories to help other people make that step to learn to code yeah your first guest becky right she uh worked at Allstate and yep. then switched over yeah that's yep. pretty cool to hear uh yeah so definitely check that out it's on the podcast app for apple phones yeah, and pretty much everywhere everything yeah anywhere you found your podcasts yeah there you go so sean i, I wanted to dive pretty deep into what led all the way up to this podcast because there's a obviously a whole story and I know most of your story from ages 0 through 18 or at least 9 through 18 because we went to all the same schools together we spent a lot of time together playing baseball but give me a little bit of that of a breakdown from your college years and how that paved a way for your entrepreneur background that you have mm-hmm. so in Going into college, I was in a, I went in as an accounting degree. It was my major, accounting major. Uh, took one class and then quickly made myself an undecided major, undecided major, because um, I was really good at accounting in high school. But then in college, it was not at all. So I was like, <laughs> done with this. <laughs> um, so then I was kind of like taking all sorts of business classes, like trying to figure it out. And then one of my friends said, "Why don't you check out this entrepreneurship class?" Um, so I took this entrepreneurship class and. Our teacher would bring in speakers from uh, Miami that have started companies, sold companies, working on companies, and were just like super successful. Uh, so that really was when I caught the bug, was hearing the success stories of people building things and selling things and making a lot of money and impacting a lot of people. Cool. I always am curious about the whole concept of entrepreneurship because it seems so broad, like you can mm. really take it anywhere. Is that something that attracted you to it? Yeah, I've, I've never been good at school, so entrepreneurship was the the pro, I went to Miami University and they have a pretty good entrepreneurship program, um, and they they're very big on not having tests or exams. Oh, okay. Um, so it's all learned by doing, and it's all like um, very practical. So right. my first class was um, that he graded us based on how much money we made. So it was start a company, whoever makes the most money gets an A. Wow, and that was, and then the rest of the class was him just like teaching us the basics of um, starting a business and business model, and then bringing in really cool speakers and all that. So we sold our business was um, the company was called Stuck on You, and it was you. <laughs> you probably don't know this. This is you, the letter, as in like university, and we sold computer decals, uh, stickers. So stuck on you. And it was like the Miami <laughs> University logo. That's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, <laughs> because I, fi- I found in the art department that there was this laser cutter machine. And so I was making stickers for myself. I have no idea why I was doing this. But I was making myself computer decal stickers with like Miami's logo. And like it looked really nice and cool. Uh, so we sold those. <laughs> Did you get an A? 
I think I think we did, but we didn't get the didn't we get didn't the get the highest. highest. Okay. No, the highest team was like hockey jerseys or something. Um, I don't know. I thought it was lazy. Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but they had a business, so cool. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, I don't think I actually have heard that story. Yeah, before. I always forget about that. <laughs> how did um how does Thomas, your business partner, factor into that? Yeah, so th- that was so that was probably sophomore year, um, and so at that time. I guess the juices started flowing of like trying to figure out uh, a business idea to work on or something, um, trying to come up with a project to work on. So uh, living off campus is pretty big at Miami um, and you have to search for your off-campus housing like a year and a half in advance. So it's just long, horrible process. And so at the time of me taking this class, I was going through trying to find a place to live and it was awful and it sucked and there's like a trillion different places to search for a site. So I texted my one friend, Thomas. He's the only friend I knew who knew how to make a website because um, at the time he was doing some like mobile website stuff. And I was like, this process sucks. Do you want to try to figure out how to fix it? Uh, and then that's that's where it all started. And now we've been working together for like eight years, seven years. Interesting. And, yeah. I, and I know that this, this kind of connects to something that we talked about before we came here today, but you didn't have any sort of a coding background or anything up to that point. And that's become such a big part of how I've known you mm-hmm. in the later adult years. Yeah, so at that, I did take coding classes in high school, but they didn't really sink in with me at all. It was just I took the class because it was computers and thought it was interesting. But yeah. um, my dad likes to tell me I went home uh, after that class and said, I'm never coding again. <laughs> <laughs> he but says here, never but, a lot. But, but, here, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but here I am as a full-time software developer. <laughs> That's cool. It's, it's super valuable nowadays. But yeah. uh, so, so you guys came up with this idea for this like off-campus housing. Did that really stick, or was that just kind of the start of your guys's partnership? Yeah. So that was sophomore year, I think. I can't remember the timing of it. It was because it was like between years. But we were running the company junior and senior years, like the school years. So like when students were looking for their off-campus housing. So. Um, we made some money, like not a lot, like we made enough money to like buy beer essentially, but basically we had a listing site of all the off-campus housing properties and then we would charge realtors to be at the top. So it was basically just like the Google model. Right? So did you call, contact these realtors? Oh to... yeah, okay. we knew them all. Gotcha. <laughs> we had all their numbers and we knew every single one of them. That's like a grinding process, I feel Yeah, like we were, I don't know why, but we worked on this thing every day, nonstop, um, for no reason. While being in school. While being in school, yeah. That's pretty and cool. it wasn't for a class project or anything. We were just doing it because it was something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I get, yeah, I have no idea what was motivating us to keep doing it. It was just kind of a fun, cool thing. So there wasn't any part of it that was like, this is what we should do with our business for the rest of the time? Or it was just it was just a really a casual thing? So, I mean, no. It, I mean, we wanted to make it a business, and it was, but we didn't necessarily know what was going to happen beyond that we just knew that this would get us to a next step we just never knew what that was so eventually that next step was getting us to san francisco so it basically got us into this program um, where we studied over there well talk to us a little bit about that because a lot of people have that curiosity of what is that whole san francisco startup and and tech scene all about and you got to be a part of it which is incredible especially at such a young age so walk us through a little bit of what was going through your mind when you found out you were going to be a part of that and what that experience was like once you got there. Yeah. So uh, the first employee of Uber, uh, Ryan Graves, is a Miami alumni. And he found out about this program where Miami sends about a dozen students to San Francisco every year uh, to intern at startup companies just to like get into the startup world. Um, so we found out about this and basically said, well, why don't we send students to start companies in San Francisco instead of just working at them? So we held this pitch competition. Uh, Thomas and I pitched our company, uh, Hutster, which is the off-campus housing company. Um, so we like did this whole pitch in front of him, which was awesome. I actually wasn't there for it. I was in New York because I was interviewing at like this thing called um, like Entrepreneur venture for america it's like this oh, really? yeah it's like this thing for college graduates that want to be part of 
um, startups. Well, how did that really quick? How did that you were away when this big pitch? Yeah, was going on? yeah. So like, basically, <laughs> my professor was like, Ryan Graves is going to be here on this day, and I was like, I'm going to interview in New York City for Venture for America. Ooh, crap. And to him, I was like, Look, I get this is a big deal, but this is my only. This is legitimately the only thing I want to do after college. Is like, I don't want to get a job. Like, I want to go into the like entrepreneurship program, and I'm like in the mm-hmm. final interview. So I like. He's, he's kind of like, oh, my God, you're right. You have to go. <laughs> so we figured it out. Um, I basically recorded a video of me in the presentation and Thomas oh, okay. pitched it. So we made it work. Best of both worlds. Yeah. So it was Halloween in New York City, I think. It was October 31st and got the call from the professor and said Ryan picked us to go, which was cool. Wow. And so at that point, I was like, well, I'm in New York City. Just found out I'm leaving for San Francisco next year. So clearly I'm not doing this thing that I just interviewed for it. <laughs> Did they offer you the? Thing no, or? no, I actually didn't get an didn't offer. Get, okay, no. gotcha. Well, then it kind of worked out, I guess. Yeah. One of the things ended up paying off. Yeah. So then, okay, so then you went to San Francisco. So last semester of school in San Francisco, um, and it was basically just go work on Hudster for a semester, and our professors said there's no right or wrong. There's no like success here. They're like, we just know they knew us really well at this point. So they trusted us that we were going to work every day and that like the value we were going to get out of that was the going through the process value. It wasn't Hudster becoming successful. Right. They didn't care if it failed. Right. It didn't matter to them. Yeah. It was all a learning experience. Yeah. So they, they college is supposed to be. Yeah. So. Which is really nice that they told us that up front. They're like, look, if you fail, it's like fine. Like that's not the end of the world. So we were in San Francisco the whole semester, every day working on this thing. Um, and we went, did the whole, like the typical like product pivots and all that. So we ended up being a subletting platform because that's where there was money. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have an apartment and then your roommate leaves for a semester, yeah, you're going to, you're going to pay, or they're going to pay right. a little bit of a premium to fill that spot. Gotcha. Right. Um, so we were, that's what we did is we had this website basically that acted like it did it automatically. We were like, you put in your room and your date and your number. And then, um, Thomas and I would run around like monkeys for three days and find someone to fit your spot. And then we'd like match you and you think that the, the internet just did it for you, but it was just us. <laughs> interesting. Wow. Yes. Fake it till you make it to yeah. the yeah. minus. Oh yeah. That's wow. super interesting. A lot, yeah. A lot of early stage companies actually do that, but people don't know it. Right. Wow, that's a behind-the-scenes look, folks. That's it right there. <laughs> well, how, how long how long were you actually in San Francisco for? Uh, I think it was like three or four months, just a semester. But when we so we we ended up with this subletting thing, and it like wasn't making any money, and we were kind of burned out after working on this for two years. Um, so we left San Francisco pretty much just knowing that we didn't want to get real jobs anymore. Right. Like we couldn't go work for somebody after that experience. Right. Sure. So, what was going through your head fully at that time? Uh, in regards to making that next decision, what were some of the thoughts that you had? Um, we had no idea what was next. I mean, we I moved home to Cleveland, Thomas moved home to Chicago, and we were we applied to like some startup accelerators with the company that was kind of our last hope was we were going to apply to some of these investment programs, and if one of them bites, we'll go do that. Um, we got in a couple final round interviews, which is really cool. All of them said no because um, our Usually it's because our market wasn't too big because we were still focusing on college students for some reason. Was this still Hutster that you were doing? Yeah. Yeah. So this is like right after graduation. So even though you guys were kind of burnt out with that idea. This was our last hope. This was like kind of the last thing we're throwing out there and like we didn't know anything what was next. Okay. Um, So none of those really bit. But then one in Chicago um, was the college startup competition. Um, We won that. And it was free office space for a year and they said some mentorship which usually when they say that, it doesn't actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had done this so many times that we're like, okay, it says mentorship, but like, yeah, you probably won't provide that. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't. <laughs> um, so we went to go work at 1871 for, we had free office space for a year. Um, wow. And that was, we were like, oh, that's, let's move to Chicago. That was, that was it. That was the decision. <laughs> was any of this kind of a scary experience because there's so much unknown that you were running into? Uh, weirdly, no, and I have no idea why. People yeah. ask me that. I just, Thomas and I both never, I don't know, we don't get scared of that. Like, we, everything's always worked out for us, and it sounds silly to say that, <laughs> but like, we just know everything will eventually work out, even if it's super shitty and like, um, 
it looks bad. We know it'll end up working out. I mean, it's a good perspective to have because so many of those times you can find so much insecurity and wonder, like, am I going to make it? Am I good yeah. enough to make it? All that stuff. But if you just kind of keep your nose to the grindstone, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. And it's weird. It's helpful that we had each other too, because like, if it was just me or just Thomas by himself, we, I don't know, we wouldn't have lasted. Right. Like, we both moved to Chicago just knowing that, like, we were going to figure this out, right? It was just a thing that we had. That's really cool. And what, what was the, the feedback like when you graduated college and you had to tell your family members, <laughs> we're not probably going to get real jobs or you're not probably going to get a real, a real job? What was that feedback like and how did you react to that? Luckily, that previous year, my I think it was my mom that bought me this book called Never Get a Real Job. So she was full. She, oh, okay. she had accepted that for a while. <laughs> so they were aware of what you were kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're really supportive. Thomas is a different story because his uh, his family's uh, from Poland. So they're they're uh, He's a first generation. So they're more like traditional. And they're right. So I, I remember that being a conversation a lot gotcha. uh, with them. Um. So yeah, but it, my family is very supportive, and my brother paved the way too. Because <laughs> my brother does his own thing as well. So okay, like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not the oldest in your family. No, okay. youngest. Gotcha. Yeah, that's always good because the, the parents are learning the ropes with the the older ones. Yeah. and I'm the oldest in my family, so that's that's how it goes. So you paved the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything that I did was an exaggerated reaction on my parents' part. I was like, "What is he doing? Yeah, that's true. He's I, losing it." <laughs> I'm the oldest as well, so I, I definitely can, uh, can vouch for that. <laughs> okay, so you had this year at this 1871 office space. Take us through what uh, what was next. Yeah, so we didn't stay there a full year. So this was fall of 2014 okay. that we started working there. Um, and we basically decided we were done with Hudster. We needed to figure, like, it wasn't making money, and we didn't want to keep doing it. It was just, we were so done with it. Um, so we had to figure out what was next. Um, so when we were building Hudster, we learned some coding skills. We learned how to throw a web WordPress site together. Uh, we learned how to hack, um, some mainframe, some of the, yeah, <laughs> we learned how to hack together some of the back end of it, which is built in PHP. So then we got familiar with PHP. So like we could do some PHP stuff. Um, so we basically, we, Thomas and I are really good at networking. Even back then, we were surprisingly good at networking. So we took it upon ourselves to meet every single Miami alumni that we possibly could in 1871. Wow. So that was like the basis of our, we basically just emailed every single person that we could find on LinkedIn. Um, and that was really the seed of, of uh, what we were doing there. Well, yeah. that, that Hudster must have really helped with that networking thing because you guys had yeah. to contact so many people. And yeah. So yeah, it experience got us it. not to be scared of the phone or scared of emailing people out of the blue. Um, yeah, so we started just meeting with Miami people and like telling them our story, what we did. And once in a while, someone would say, oh, I need I have a WordPress site for my business. I need some help. Okay. Um, can you do this? And we always say, yeah, uh, no matter what it was, we'd figure it out. <laughs> so we started charging a little bit of money uh, for website help. Gotcha. Yeah. Was there reluctance in that? No, it, I mean, we just, we needed to make money, so, okay. and we could do it. It was fine. We were learning at the same time. Gotcha. Um, it just wasn't like, we weren't actively trying to sell our software development skills. It was just, we're meeting with a ton of people trying to figure out something. So <laughs> it wasn't even really a present thought that this might be, and might end up be, being um, what we would do. It just kind of was like, well, we have the skills or we're learning the skills. Yeah, I think we knew it was an option at the time. Oh, okay. I think like we were like, I don't really remember, but I feel like. We were, we were like, okay, we know how to code, so this might be a, a route we could take. But we didn't even see ourselves as developers, right? It was the, the whole imposter syndrome thing mm. uh, that happens a ton with software developers that are self-taught. So, like, we didn't consider ourselves developers at all. We were just like, no, we know how to, like, move code around and do stuff. We, we were not software developers. So I don't think at that time we considered, like, starting a software company. Gotcha. Um, but I think we knew maybe it could happen. <laughs> like a backup plan, almost? No, I don't know. There's no, no backup plans. No backup plans, yeah. <laughs> we were just rolling with it at this point. <laughs> gotcha, okay. So th so this brings up a, a good point. The the concept of you learning how to code and, and that type of thing, knowing that you weren't really into it when you were younger, and knowing that it, it wasn't until much later on in your life that you got interested in it, how did that sort of develop mm -hmm. out of you? Yeah, so while we were meeting all these people, 
we ended up replying to one of these threads and it was a guy that said, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to hire, um, software developers for my app. I'm looking to do it onshore or offshore. Is there anyone that can help? Um, and so Thomas is the networker. He's more of a networker than I am. So he always responding to these things. So he responded, um, <laughs> classic, classic computer, ah, classic computer stuff. <laughs> Sorry. So he, he responded, um, he basically said, yeah, like let's meet. I can, um, point you in the right direction. So we met with this guy and, uh, he told us his story. He just sold a company and was building an app and was trying to figure out how to hire a software developer. So he's told him a few people we can introduce him to. And then at the end of the meeting, he was like, well, how smart are you guys? And we were like, well, <laughs> we kind of <laughs> looked at each other. got a question to yeah. say. <laughs> that was verbatim what he said. Um, <laughs> and Thomas and I were like, well, we can figure anything out. Like we, that, if there's anything we know is that we can figure anything out. <laughs> And he's like, great. And he hired us on the spot to learn how to code his iOS app. And we, we were very upfront. And we said, we've never touched iOS development. We've never built an app, but we know we could figure it out. And that was enough for him. Well, I feel like the honesty in that probably helped you guys get over that imposter syndrome that you were talking about. Yep. I was like, we don't know this, but <laughs> you can still hire us and we'll do it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that, that was probably our first lesson in being very very transparent in our right. business. Absolutely. Uh, we, we don't try to be anything we're not and don't try to advertise anything that we're not. Well, I think that's interesting because the concept of fake it till you make it sometimes <laughs> yeah. is like you shouldn't be transparent if you're trying to start things up. But yeah. that was like a big step in your guys's growth. I yeah. Guess. So that was that was the big the big break for us is he basically funded our lives. We basically just said how much you need to live. We told him how much we needed to live to pay the bills. And then we just spent three or four months building his app. Wow. Interested or interesting to get paid for skills you don't have. <laughs> yep. Wouldn't that be a great world to live in? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that's, that is, we had the best case scenario of learning how to code. I mean, it was, we had a client that we had to deliver for, so we had to code consistently. Um, and we were, could commit full time to it. All of our time is spent, literally all of our time is spent on this. Uh, and we were getting paid. So, I mean, all of this seems like it's working out pretty smoothly as you're going along. Was there any bump, any bumps along the way, any adversity that you're facing, at least um, in this, this I mean, big break, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we still had no money at this time. Right. Um, so, But we were basically just getting paid to live. We weren't saving any money, had a ton of student debt and all that. Um, so just as we finished this project, we hopped on board another company as technical co-founders. <laughs> so now we're the tech guys. Uh, <laughs> of a nutrition company and this girl started it she was our age got us excited she had no tech um, experience or team members um, so Thomas and I jumped on with her and it was pretty interesting like cool problem to solve basically connecting nutritionists and doctors and consumers all together to make people healthier um, so after like formalizing that partnership we applied to all these startup accelerators and uh, investment funds again and one of them uh, accepted us in Baltimore so we all moved out to Baltimore for four months uh, they wrote us a $50,000 check to work on this uh, which was really exciting so that was a great big win for us right um, and we stopped doing client work um, uh, when we joined on with, the, with that team okay yeah at this point did you guys have any like or I guess along the way with any of these like moments of victory, so to speak, did you guys take a second to look at the victory at all or did you guys just keep grinding? Yeah, keep grinding? We, we try to celebrate a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Okay. Usually, usually our celebration is a glass of scotch. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, long story short, in Baltimore, we were there for four months. The girl who founded the company left halfway through. So then it was just Thomas and I running this company. Um, and then... Well, she left? Yep. What? So she, she pursued a different, another opportunity that was um, like her dream job, essentially, okay. that, that came up. So uh, it was all in good terms. Um, but then Thomas and I are left at this, running this company, um, and we, we kind of rebranded it so it was more something that we were interested in, like more consumer-focused instead of hospitals and doctors and gotcha. things that we literally knew nothing about. Right. Even more so than development. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we rebranded to Nomful was the name of it. So it was a nutrition coach in your pocket. Um, so it was an app that you could take pictures of food, send your nutritionist, and they give you feedback. 
Um, so after Baltimore, moved back to Chicago, and we had about twenty-five thousand dollars, twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand left in our bank account. And Thomas and I together lasted on that for an entire year, somehow making wow. like maybe five hundred dollars a month, maybe on the app in Chicago. In Chicago, so I don't know how we did it, but we did it. <laughs> Uh, well, I can tell you how we did it. In a closet? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So how we did it was we Airbnb'd our apartment, and then we'd go sleep on our friends' couches. So like we just rent out our whole apartment, go sleep on our friends' couches. Thank you, Ashley and Brett. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate, I think. I oh yeah, and Kate, yeah, I, they change roommates a few times. So oh, and okay. Kate and yeah, okay. whoever else in there. <laughs> good, good memory. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we did that. Lollapalooza was a great weekend. We made like. Two grand in one weekend, oh, renting our place out to all the loser people. Oh, it was a mess. You when we got the it back. Up. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm not allowed to Airbnb my place. Oh, we weren't either. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I read that too. I yeah. guess Legally, I'm a I rebel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah we yeah <laughs> wasn't allowed. <laughs> well, this, this is crazy. Just the amount of hustle it, it seems like it took for you guys on these little things, but the creativity along those moments of adversity for you guys to keep going really yeah because i think a lot of times when you get to that adversity you have that voice in the back of your head that's like i shouldn't do this i should make this decision but oh yeah i mean i mean to this day you constantly hear that it's like oh what am i doing like (laughs) we didn't get any projects for four months like like this just that almost kind of happened but not really but you have that in the back of your head like oh are we doing the right thing so there's always something better I do have a, a question about that. So, obviously, we all deal with so-called haters in this world. The people out there who it seems like they never have your back on things or that they know what you should do with your life more than you know what you should do with your life. Since you've been in Chicago, I mean, and even before that a little bit, but how have you dealt with the people who have, have said, well, why don't you just like go work uh, take a six-figure job just coding or why don't you just go do this or that how have you internalized that i mean the the true reason that we at least me i don't want to go get a job is i don't want to work for anybody i've was in an internship so i know what it's like to be a part of a company part of a team have a boss i want nothing to do with that um, it's just not me i hated it hated it. it's i just don't like it um and working for yourself is pretty amazing yeah so if somebody says why don't you just go get a six-figure job i'm like yeah i could but the six-figure income isn't worth working for somebody. <laughs> well, about that, I know you, you said, or as long as I've known you, you've always said, you know, I don't want to work for anyone. I hated it. But I've never actually asked you this question before. What is specifically what was it that you did not like about working for somebody else? I just don't want, I don't need anybody looking at what I'm doing. Uh, I just, I don't know why. I just, I don't like that. Um, I like to have total freedom in control, I guess, of what I'm working on. Was there a specific moment that happened that sort of made you realize um, this? I don't think there was. I tried thinking about this. I don't think there was like a moment where I said, I'm never getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a culmination of um, an okay internship experience where I was like, yeah, this is all right, but it doesn't really feel like I enjoy this, um, mixed with working in San Francisco and just seeing what it's like to work for yourself for four months it seems like uh, that was a lot of awareness to recognize that because i feel like i mean even in in my life you hear the outside noise of yeah but this is what you're supposed to do did you have to battle that at all um i mean you said you had a pretty good support system yeah i mean a little bit obviously there's times where you think like oh i don't know what we're doing like is this right should we be doing more how can we make more money all that stuff but I don't know. It just I don't tend to think about these things. Okay. I don't I don't know why. It's the ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean both Thomas and I we just never really we just didn't even consider what life would be like if we failed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it just wasn't even an option. And and if we did, we would we knew we would figure there's always a next step. We know we'd figure it out. It would always work out somehow. And if that meant we got jobs, then we got jobs, but we would figure it out after that. <laughs> right. Well, you talked about, before we came here, the Steve Madden story. He went to prison. Yeah. Had to give all this money back or whatever, but then came back out and built his company back up. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, you can just keep going. Um, so where were we at in the story? So you... 
Um, so we came back to Chicago with okay. a little bit of money, um, trying to make Namful work. And so this is like where the real adversity started to set in. So we're we're going for like I don't know seven months. And Thomas is on the phone every day with gyms and personal trainers because that was our distribution strategy was to partner with them to sell it for us. So he was trying to sell, 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 sell. And every day, so I built the, the Nomful app. So that was my second like coding experience, big coding experience, okay. right? So I built it from the ground up. Um, so every day I'm coding, like making sure everything works, making sure the features work, coming up with the next features. Um, and we were just getting burnt out. Uh, after for a while doing this, um, we did it was really cool. Is that we actually did change some people's lives or help them change their lives, which was really cool. Like we had people join the program and lose a ton of weight, and that was like ridiculously inspiring. Seeing these people actually lose weight through a thing that I made with code, like that's nuts. Uh, so that was our first experience of like, wow, we can have an impact on people. Is that what kept you going in some of that time? You think? Yeah, I think I think we tried to make that keep us going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but eventually, we got to this point where we had opened up credit cards and maxed those out to like ten thousand dollars a month, and they're not a month, but we were at like ten thousand dollars in debt on that, on top of our student loans. And we were just like, we got to pay this off soon. Like, what are we going to do? And we're not making any money in this app. And we were just like, we had no idea what was next. So this is where like, we were really probably the most stressful part of our life. <laughs> um, and we eventually, so there was like a weird transition period where we met with one of our mentors in Chicago and he was like, okay. You're at this point where your app's not working, you're not making any money through it, you have no money, you have to do something. So the only other thing we knew how to do was software development. <laughs> so we said, no one's watching, stop Nomful for three months, do your software development, see what happens, you can always go back, nobody cares. And we're like, oh, you're right. <laughs> like nobody cares if we stop doing this for three months. So we started coding for like, three months because all of we would meet with all these personal trainers let me go back a little bit so we'd be talking with these personal trainers and they would all say oh like cool app but you know how to code like i've got a website that i need help on <laughs> and we're like oh yeah we know how to code too but like our app <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so we ended up doing that they were our first clients was gyms personal trainers um a couple sites in chicago that aggregate personal trainers were our first clients so that was how we started making money, a little bit on the side. Um, then we had this meeting and we were like, okay, let's just focus on coding for a bit to try to pay off some of this debt. So that's what we did. We made more money in the first two weeks than we did in the previous 12 months. So that was all we needed to say, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't just about the money, obviously. It was just about like, that got us to the next step. We right. knew we knew this would get us somewhere. Well, it seems just like with your story, it's a, it's a constant evolution. So it's not like this is going to be the only thing yep. you guys ever do ever yeah. again. But this will get you to the next step. Yeah, and we we never know what the next step is. We just we're looking for the thing to get us there. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's I think it's always going to be like that. No matter what we're doing, it's going to be like okay, this is going to get us to the next thing, whatever that is. Right. That's cool. Um, yeah, so we started making a little bit of money to like pay off some student debt and pay rent and all that. Um, and then we did, literally didn't even go back to Nomful. We were just, we were just done. Like, I think we, we didn't know how burnt out we were from it until we stopped doing it. We we're like, wow, we're done with this. <laughs> so then we eventually officially shut it down. But um, yeah, so we started getting bigger and bigger clients. Um, networked a lot more, got some pretty big projects, and then uh, we branded our company as Conjure, C-O-N-J-U-R, um, and as in like, you can conjure something up with code, and thought it was kind of a cool, like, this is magic type thing. Yeah. Um, I, I like naming our companies and products. You're, you're actually are pretty good at that. I will Stuck say. on you, Conjure? Yeah, I, I, I'd say you're, you're pretty good. Brandon and I... 
Well, at least me. I'm not so good. <laughs> <laughs> but your podcast name is good. I yeah, like our it. podcast <laughs> name is actually one of our better things. It is. Like, at, least, at least for me. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take all the credit for this. Yeah, it's all, all Steven. <laughs> okay, so Conjure starts up. Yeah, so this is our software development company, and we're like, all right, we're doing this. So then we start like, really start squeezing the network that we have and telling it. We call it planting seeds, where we tell... Every, we just meet with everybody we possibly can and tell them what we're doing, and then three weeks later they'll email us and say, "Hey, I remember you said that you're doing software development. I've got a project or I've got a lead." Um, so we're doing that for a while, and then it comes time where that credit card bill's due of like ten, twelve thousand dollars, and we do not have ten, twelve thousand dollars, <laughs> um, and we also get a cease and desist letter from this company that was also named Conjure, and they were, I think they were in Boston. Um, they were in like an internet security company. And they basically said, hey, this is our brand name, you need to sell, you need to give us these domains. And we emailed back and said, no, it's not really how this works, but we can sell them to you if you want them. And we got on the phone with them, and Thomas being Thomas, he can talk with anybody forever and just got to know this guy really well, connected on a bunch of levels, and this dude was like, I like you guys. Um, what do you what do you want us to pay for these for these domains? And we were like, we weren't even expecting this at all on this phone call. Um, and we threw out a number, and it was just happened to be the same amount of what our debt was yeah, on our credit card. It just bill. happened to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they accepted, and we paid off the credit card bill. Were you guys freaking out when you got that cease and desist letter, or were you like... No, because no, at this point we just knew that, like... That's not how it works. It's not how it works. Like, sometimes it is, but usually it's it's not how it works. Um, cease and desist are sometimes just trying to strong-arm people that don't know. Okay, um, so your business background really helped with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember, like, if there's a story we heard or something, but we just... Or maybe we researched it at the time, but... It wasn't a big deal. We gotta make sure we don't fall on this trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we actually own the Everything Must Go podcast. Well, once. I mean, it, it's very possible. Like, no, it's like one let's of. Let's hurry the, up and get on it. So every Find time, <laughs> every time I name something, every time I name something, part of my process is going through the the trademark database, the USPTO trade USPTO. Yeah, trademark database to make sure that there's no trademarks for the thing we're trying to do. Um, and if there is, we got to make sure it's different. Gotcha. Um, but we try to name something that has no trademarks so that we don't have to hire a lawyer. Right. All right, we're going to pause the podcast really quick. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> well, okay. So oh, we're you... at 40 minutes. Jesus. Yeah, this you, man can talk. You talk way too talk, much. Talk, 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 talk. Spotlight. Jeez. He loves a spotlight, that's for sure. Part two. <laughs> He's gonna stop me if I'm talking too much. No, no, you're no, fine. We're, we're messing with you. We're this all is great. talking. I love this story. We're so, diving deep. So you guys... Uh, Pulled some uh, magic out of your ass for that. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Legit magic. Legit. That's, that's so You cool. conjured oh, no. up we, some magic. We literally could not believe it. Like, it was, yeah, it was amazing. So you drank some scotch after yeah. that. So we <laughs> certainly had some scotch after that. <laughs> um, and then I had to rename our company, so. But you were like, I'm actually kind of pumped. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I like naming things. Uh, so we ended up with the name Hacksmith Labs, and that was kind of a take on the blacksmith being a master at their craft, and Hacksmith yeah, being that a master at our craft. That's <laughs> such a good name. Um, so yeah, so that was what we went with, and... Um, Still kicking. Yeah, just kicking. Just getting more projects, bigger projects. Gotcha. So that's like... And you guys... Now, it seems like everything just kind of... Not necessarily stumbled onto you, like, luckily, but you guys... The evolution kind of came to you guys just almost a stumbled upon things with some of the stuff. Yeah, the the evolution happened naturally, but like right. we're working our ass off every day. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say is like for like your next venture cuz you said you don't know what's coming next. Yep. But are you guys like constantly trying to think where can we go next that might be separate from what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, well, now, so at or? this point we were just we're doing Hacksmith Labs. Like we we had to. Like we okay. had to get consistent income. We had to make some money. Like right. there's we weren't doing anything else at that point. It was just, we're software developers. We're making this work as big as we can. Gotcha. Um, so I think our goal was six figures that, that next year we wanted to get $100,000. We thought that'd be cool. And we did it. We, we got, I think we made like $110,000 or $120,000, which wow. was cool. Yeah. That, is that was like that, that entire next year after where we just ended that story. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I think this is 2016. So this is the first year of Hacksmith Labs. Okay. Um, we start getting some bigger clients and 
Thomas and I are doing all the selling, all the biz dev, all the design, all of the development, all of the networking. We're doing everything, all the coding. Um, so we're doing absolutely everything and we have no time for anything else. So we're getting enough projects where we are, we have no time, right? So we were like, okay, do we raise our rates and keep the same amount of projects or do we find people to code for us, find people to sell for us, find people to design for us, that type of thing. So we ended up finding a team in Poland, um, a, a bunch of developers in Poland to code for us while we went out and would sell and we'd still do the code, like some coding, right? Um, so Thomas's background is Polish. He speaks, reads, and writes Polish. Jeez. Because um, he's, he's a first generation. Okay. So that helped a lot where we interviewed like 20 or so companies to make sure we found the best people. Okay. Oh, love when this happens. <laughs> um, so we found... So we found um, a team in, of developers in Poland, and we like started kind of like merging them on and like slowly getting them on projects. So like we would code eighty percent, they would code twenty percent, and then we'd slowly like we do half, they do half, and then eventually we were doing like ten percent of the work, and they were doing ninety percent of the work. Okay. And we found that we really liked that a lot better. Um, I'm okay at coding, but I don't. I'm not, I don't want to be a software developer the rest of my life. Like right. I, I don't want to be the $100,000 a year salary developer. Um, but it's inter It's like a good skill to have because I like building and creating things and prototyping things. Um, but Was any of that, because I know like with my music, I get very protective of that thing. Was mm -hmm. letting that go hard at all or was oh, yeah. it like... Yeah, we, we, we had no idea what was going to happen. Like okay. we were prepared to like it to totally not work and we were gonna have to do it all of ourselves. So we, we like thought that might happen, but like the only way to do it is to just trust, right? We just had, we had to trust him eventually. Right. So we, that's why we kind of like slowly merged him on to projects. Okay. Um, luckily it worked out really, really well. We were thorough with our interviewing and found a really, really solid team of people. Um, yeah, so 2017 we were doing like 10%, 15% of the coding and the um, or sorry, 2016, and the Poland team was doing uh, a lot of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Sweet. And then 2017 comes around. What's what's the next? Yeah. Step? So I guess that whole year we're just kicking 2016, and then 2017 comes around because we hit our six-figure goal in 2016. So we're like, all right. It's got to be me that contributed to that, right? Because yeah, that's yeah. that's I moved to Chicago in 2016. <laughs> well, so it kind of adds up actually if you think about it. <laughs> Where's this paycheck? Where, where's, my, where's my paycheck at? Aren't I entitled to something? The, the support that I've had this entire time, like you told me, I should move to Chicago because it's great, and then I did it because I'm a great friend. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's incredible. Like I said, just everything. Dealing, dealing with him since nine. <laughs> anyway. Like you phrased that. Anyway. Anyway. So... Yeah, so 2017 comes along and we our goal is to do better than the last year. Uh, we we're like, yeah, it'd be cool to hit like 200,000 or something. Um, but we crushed it in 2017. We got huge projects. We worked with Campbell's Soup Company. We worked with Budweiser. We worked with um, a company in Cincinnati called Listener. Um, yeah, and it was just a really, really, really awesome year. And we did like more than a quarter million dollars and it was awesome what do you think contributed so much to the success of that year in particular um I, it was it was probably just our confidence and like in our abilities and like our how to structure our projects so we we, like we started off charging like thirty dollars an hour way back when, and like now we can charge one hundred and twenty, thirty, forty dollars an hour. Um, so we made the switch to a weekly model instead of hourly model because we got this advice from a lot of other agencies that weekly is a lot better for everybody. It makes your clients smarter. It makes you more efficient. You don't have to count hours and all that. So I think it was our business model. Um, so we started selling teams instead of just projects. Right? It was well. For a weekly rate, you'll get a developer, a designer, a project manager, um, and a tester for a weekly rate. So, okay. like, we provide this team of people to make sure your project's going to get done. Um, so, I think it was that mindset switch and confidence of like, we know we can do this now. 
do you think the ability of you guys to be able to step away from the software development might have oh, helped yeah. you make decisions like that? Hundred percent. Yeah, and and. Thomas and I found that we really liked that role of operating rather than being the developer. Right. Um, but it's really ridiculously helpful to still develop so that we could check all their code, make sure that we're actually shipping good products to our clients. Yeah, you still know the stuff behind. Yeah. So we uh, we say that we're the we're the um, the forest fire firefighters. So like if things go wrong, we can go in and, and fix it. Gotcha. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, 2017 was great, and then this year our goals were, um, now that we're doing well and we have money, and so 2017 was like, great, we paid off all of our debt, so no student loans, we have 401ks, so we're like kind of real now. (laughs) (laughs) So we're kind of like that salaried guy. (laughs) Kind of. Only better, because no one can tell you what to do now. Uh, yeah, so then 2018, we're like, okay, so we, we kind of know what we're doing. We've got time. we got some savings. Uh, we always want to have our own product, so um, we always keep track of our product ideas, software product ideas. So that was one of our goals, is to ship more things, to build more things, and put it out in the world, whether that's for free or for charging people. Um, the second goal is to build a community, because our the biggest piece of advice that everyone's always given us is it's a lot easier to sell something if you have people to sell it to. Right. Which sounds so silly, but but it's the most real piece of advice ever for starting a software company. Um, Because you look at someone like, I don't know, you look at any successful entrepreneur, if they have like a big following already and then they build something, they have people to give it to, they have people to sell it to. Um, so they don't have to work on that initial marketing. Well, and that's how the music industry is kind of now. Yep. When, when I was 100%. pursuing music, if I wanted to get a record deal, I already needed a following. Yeah. Otherwise, a lot of people don't sign anybody. Like you hear, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Us, um, mm-hmm. uh, the girl who sings that Peter Pan song, she got really big on Vine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they got their record deals because yep. they had this huge market already. Yeah. And the record label was like, we don't have to do any of that work. Yeah. And, and a lot of people think that getting an audience on Vine is like, oh, you're just Vine famous. Like, it's easy. But no, it's like hard shit. Like, <laughs> they're talented. Like, she was talented on Vine. Yeah. She made really good Vines, had an audience that, like, really adored her, and then, like, made the song and got a record deal, right? Yeah. A lot of that stuff takes a lot of hard yeah. work and grinding to pump out content, which is something that Steven and I are really trying to yep. pursue with our stuff. So. Yeah, so that was one of our big goals this year was create a community and that involves pumping out content that's why we're starting this podcast and all that um yeah and then third i don't remember what our third goal was unless i said it third was probably just keep growing hacksmith yeah gotcha (laughs) be a great friend to steven no (laughs) it's all about steven who are we spotlighting today (laughs) next week spotlight is steven bush Uh, one thing i wanted to ask about because there was something that you you said kind of in the middle of this thing that I think was pretty valuable was you had a mentor that said, hey, you know, you can put Nomful on the back burner right now, yep. do the coding thing, and now you have Hacksmith Labs. Do you guys see yourselves as taking a similar role as mentors possibly in the future? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for our network and us and our mentors, that we never had official mentors. Right. But they know that they mentored us, right? right? Um, and we still have talked to those people, and yeah. and yeah, we'll eventually. And we do take that role actually. We've had high schoolers that are starting um, software companies and learning how to code in high school that reach out and and we'll help them. And ev- actually, every year we go back to Miami for startup weekend, and we go and we are mentors to all the students going through the startup weekend process. So we we've done that every year since graduating. That's really sweet. That's like huge leadership qualities right there. Yeah, I mean, it's what people did for us. So we, we have to give back. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's how it goes. It's the, the way the world works. Absolutely. Well, along the, the lines of your, your 2018 here, the fact that you started a podcast pretty close in line when we started this podcast. You're saying I'm taking after you? I'm saying... <laughs> Whoa, whoa. This guy just steals ideas. First conjure, now. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! This is about you, all right? We're trying to make this about me. 
Uh, what, what was it that, other than obviously listening to this podcast, what was it that really got you inspired to start a podcast of your own? Um, so I, that's a good question. <laughs> so we knew we wanted to build an audience and we decided that the people that we talk to best are people learning to code because we taught ourselves development and are successful with it, right? And we have a, a some people following us on Instagram that are learning how to code and we know that we can talk with them pretty easily. So we decided, okay, that's the audience we're going to target. We want to create a community of people learning to code. And then it comes down to the content and how you want to grow that audience. I'm not, uh, I've tried blogging in the past and I've never been good at being consistent blogging. Uh, I don't know why. It's just, I don't trust my writing skills. I guess. I don't know. I just never consistent. I've started and stopped a hundred times. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that would just not work. Um, video, Thomas and I are never good on video. We're whoa, talking. whoa, what are you talking about? This guy's about? a natural. This guy's a natural. You got to quit your job, go to LA, <laughs> be the next Ryan Gus. We'll be your agents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got you. <laughs> no, we just, I, we've never been good on video um, for whatever reason. Uh, and I'm a huge podcast fan, so and I'd never tried podcasts, so it was that was kind of the decision. Was ah, I've never done this. Let's yeah. try that one. <laughs> and what has that experience been like for you? I I know you've had some interesting guests on there. What what's that experience been like, and how do you how do you find your guests? Yeah, it's cool because I like growing the software development company, like bootstrapping it. You get really good at networking and really good at pestering people. Very very in a very nice way like if you want to talk to somebody like we'll get them to answer us like right no matter what uh like that that's just you have to network that way in a very nice way obviously so that skill kind of translated nicely because it's just natural for me to like want to reach out and so i just go on linkedin find people that looked interesting find their emails on their personal website like it seems like stalking like if you watch me do this like oh this person (laughs) on linkedin looks great and then i like Google their name, find their design portfolio, and then like find the contact email. And if it's not in there, I'll go into the code and see if they accidentally left it there, and like find their email. I didn't know about some of that stuff. (laughs) Now this is getting real stalkery. Some of that stuff I didn't know. (laughs) But then you find their email, send them an email, and just have a good mission. And most of them respond, and they they want to be on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the reasons we want to do the spotlight thing is. People want to hear stories like your guys'. Yep. Where, where, you know, you have some adversity, you keep trucking. I mean, the first guest you had was Becky, yep. who was an Allstate employee, and then yep. she started coding. So, that, I mean, that's... Yeah, so she was actually a really good friend of ours. Oh, um, really? So, yeah, so that, that's the easiest way to start is just Friends. find someone in your network, and you're like, hey, I'm trying this thing. Please do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> we can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, do this for me because we haven't done it yet. And, like, yeah. It's just the easiest, best way to do it. Conversation's a lot easier easier and becky's great because she is the best personality and um yeah ask her a question and she'll tell you everything yeah well, best personality have you met us Jeez. <laughs> I think that's my yeah. time <laughs> my jokes have just not been hits on this podcast <laughs> yeah you'd think you would have taken the cues already but uh, you just keep going with these jokes <laughs> i said stick to the tree jokes i don't know oh goodness <laughs> But yeah, the tree joke will be in the show notes. Yeah, tree, tree, <laughs> show yeah. Notes. Um, okay, so yeah, so you this podcast thing. I mean, are you thinking of this podcast thing as a separate thing from your business, or is this part of the community you're trying to build? So I guess I kind of left out. Um, so Thomas and I have a, a. We were doing like these things on the side, like just trying ideas and like trying to get a software company going, and then we have Hacksmith Labs. So we were trying to figure out where all those other things live. Like, are they under Hacksmith Labs? Or what's the brand, right? So the brand is Sean and Thomas. So seanandthomas.com. That's where all of our stuff is. So you'll see things that we've worked on in the past, like events that we do. And that's uh, S-E-A-N, right? Yeah. Very and is it Thomas? T-H-O-M? T-H-O-M-A-S. There you go. Also in the show notes, seanandthomas.com. There you go. <laughs> Keep plugging it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, at Sean and Thomas on Instagram too. There you go. <laughs> um, so we have like all of our side projects and everything on there. Um, so that was we made the decision to divide the brand. So Hacksmith is our software development. Sean and Thomas is everything else we do, including Hacksmith Labs. Right? Okay. It's just like us. 
Um, I don't remember the question. Um, what'd you ask me? <laughs> oh, well, the, the podcast, because you talked about building a community. Is it connected it. to yeah, the yeah, yeah. Like, we're Yeah, we're trying to figure out that. Like, Thomas and I were going back and forth on if we wanted it to be, I could hire me by Sean and Thomas. Like, is, oh, okay. is the goal to make it, like, people to see the Sean and Thomas name? Or the Hacksmith. Or, no, not even. The Hacksmith is totally out of it. Yeah, oh, that, that's, like, nothing to do with it. Um, or do we want I could hire me to be its own brand? Like, oh, gotcha. So right, we're taking the approach now. This is one I argued for was we want that I could hire me to be its own brand. Mm-hmm. I could hire me dot com is like where people are gonna eventually go. There's nothing really there yet, but that's eventually where the community is gonna live and interact with each other uh, instead of sending them to Sean and Thomas's brand just right. to avoid confusion. Yeah, but these things don't matter right now. We'll figure it out. <laughs> right. That's going to be part of that growth. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're kind of, we have a similar thing because he's got his Butch Boss YouTube yep. page. I have my Brandon Flippin' Music YouTube page. Yep. And then we have the Everything Must Go podcast. So yeah, how does it all fit in? Exactly. So yeah, and I think, yeah, I think it all just will figure itself out. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, our thought it's, it's not a big deal. Like, again, like nobody cares. Like, I mean, we have millions of people that care, but. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not to say nobody's listening. It's just like. It doesn't matter at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. it's better to just get out there, start doing it, have those right. conversations, and then if you have people, you can be like, "Hey, if you think we think we're gonna do it this way," and then they'll say, "Yeah, but maybe not." <laughs> so you can get some feedback. So you do work for the people. You work all for the along. People. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All, you're always working for someone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even when you work for yourself, you're always working for someone. <laughs> well, any any last advice that you would give to someone who? maybe wants to be an entrepreneur, wants to try some of these things, but they're, or they're worried about how their friends or their parents might react to it. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> I would say screw all of like what they think and just go do what you want to do. Like, it doesn't matter what any, anybody thinks in your life. Like, if you want to do something and you're just not doing it because you're afraid of what people think of you, don't, just go do it. It doesn't matter. I love how just natural that was and like true so words true. Were never spoken. True yeah. words have never been spoken on this podcast. <laughs> for sure. And I mean, no, but seriously, like that's that's huge to hear from a person like you who has kind of come from the ground up with, with a lot of different ventures, you know, mm. like trying different things and keep trucking. Like absolutely. You don't need to please anybody else. Like it's nope. you that's gonna have to look at yourself in the mirror and are you happy with what you're doing yourself? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and find someone to do it with if you can. Like yeah, it's, that partnership, obviously. It helps. It's not always possible, though. I got right. very, very fortunate that Thomas and I just decided to do it together. Um, that's not always the case. Right. Yeah, and I have no advice on f- how to find people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that part always comes lucky. You yeah. Can't, can't always force that. So. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Well, we want to plug our stuff real quick before we sign off. Absolutely. Well, first off, wanted to say thank you guys for listening to this episode. This is the first ever Spotlight episode. We didn't know how it was going to go. Luckily, we had a fantastic guest here. Who's really good on the camera. Who's great on the camera, (laughs) and he's going to be moving out to LA soon if everything else fails. Uh. We're going to be right there backing him up saying, put this man in movies. (laughs) Put it right here. Put this man in movies. Put this this man in movies. But if you if you like this content and you want to be a part of um, the the channel experience here, feel free to find our podcast on the podcast app. You can type in Everything Must Go Podcast. I'm also going to include the, the links in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. So you can find this podcast also on my YouTube channel, which is Butch Boss. You can also like my Facebook page. That's also Butch Boss. You can like it. My Instagram is at B. My Twitter is also at Stephen Russell B. Always feel free to write comments or questions or just say that you don't like us and for some reason because we're always looking to uh, do something better. But ultimately, we're going to stick to our guns and know that we're good people. <laughs> we'll go down the line here. Uh, Brandon, you go next, actually. What? Go down the line now? Well, well, wait, I guess it's not really down the line, but okay. we'll go with you and we'll, <laughs> we'll end it with Spotlight Man. All right, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, you can find me on YouTube, Brandon Flippin' Music. 
uh, Instagram, Brandon Flippin' Music, and uh, Twitter is just B Flippin' Music. If you want to hear more raw recordings of my material, you can go on soundcloud.com slash Brandon Flippin' Music. I try to post there the most regularly because um, it's just me with my iPhone and the piano. So, um, yeah, check it out. Subscribe. Uh, leave me a comment if you say I'm bad, though. I will find you. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you can find our podcast, I Could Hire Me on anywhere you listen to podcasts um and if you're looking for what thomas and i are working on seanandthomas.com or at seanandthomas and yeah and then my instagram would be at seancrow5 with the number five and he just followed me back which is great just a a beautiful story (laughs) once again guys thank you very much be on the lookout for more Spotlight episodes, and you can email us at emgpod at gmail.com if you'd like to be a part of that experience. Thank you for listening, and... Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs>